This week on Dig Me Out. Even though I know nothing was changing, I didn't necessarily drift off. What is uh, wrong with your brain? <laughs> you know, in a weird <laughs> like way. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't stay zoned in when I was doing my notes. Like, I'm per- when I'm purposefully listening, trying to, like, write notes on the song, I was zoning out. Tim and Jay review Beat by Bowery Electric. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me for episode 166, it's our fourth season, Mr. Jason Ziak J. We had some confusion going into this episode, or more like more like I did, because I couldn't figure out uh, who was requesting what, and I mixed up albums, and luckily I am prepared. There was a, I keep a calendar, and I couldn't even follow my own calendar. Bully on me. Bully. Uh, Way to go, so how, Tim. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing good. I'm uh, living my first South by Southwest. Yeah, how's that going? Uh, so far it's been pretty, pretty normal. Um, I live a little bit outside of things, but like even on, um, Saturday we went to Costco and by us not thinking anything and there was a band playing in Costco. (laughs) There's a show showcase. Uh, the music part hasn't even started yet. This is just interactive. Uh, Music doesn't start till like the middle of the week. So, uh, but, uh, there was no parking like anywhere. Like the entire parking lot was full and people were like parking in the grass because there was like vendors or something. You know, companies in town were probably doing demos and stuff at the Costco. So it even right. spills out into, uh, you know, outside the city a bit. I heard some chatter about them maybe like splitting up South by Southwest into separate conferences because it's just so big now that uh, it doesn't make sense to have just one giant conference or I guess interactive is sort of and is kind of taken over more so than like even the music. Yeah, it's uh there's an education conference. There's a uh, film is getting really big um, here and the interactive thing keeps growing and the music is, it's almost like, Oh yeah. And there's still, <laughs> there's still a music conference to do. So I could see that. I think it overall spans maybe two weeks, three, three weeks. Hmm. But yeah, it's kind of a, it's an interesting scene. I mean, all the locals are like, you know, over it. That's the vibe you get, you know, they're just like, oh, and, uh, (laughs) oh, the economy is being boosted. Yeah, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And, you know, we, we, I went to a meetup last night and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It's it's kind of fun because everywhere you go, you just get free stuff. You know, that's the funnest part. You're just walking down the street and people just throwing free shit at yeah, you. Yeah, like seriously. So, I mean, I went to this meetup. Here, take an sponsor. iPad. Thanks for coming. Yeah, they were giving out um, T-shirts, you know, and, and that kind of stuff and stickers. And then we get in there. We're just standing around talking and some guys just starts handing out Wacom styluses like for, for iPads. Like that's like a $30 product. They just walk around. Like, hey, you want one of these? Want one of these? I'm like, okay. And that was just, you know. At three hours at a meetup. So uh, everything you collect, Jay, is going into the Dig Me Out prize pack at the end of the year. <laughs> just so you know that. So well, I, should, I should have grabbed some more T-shirts then. There you go. This week we are into another requested review. 
requested, requested review. review. And this one comes from an old friend of the band who has requested uh, many episodes previously, often ones that we are completely unfamiliar with and often ones that are challenging. And I'm speaking, of course, of none other than David Dirty Gert Gorgos. You know him as David Gorgos on Facebook. You know him as Dirty Gert on Twitter. And he brought to us an album called Beat from a band called Bowery Electric. Jay, familiar with Bowery Electric? No. No, was not. Me neither. Cool um, name. Yeah. So let's find out about Bowery Electric in the history of the band. History of the band. So the band formed in New York's East Village in 1993 by Lawrence Chandler and Martha Schwendener, I think is how you say the name. Uh, The duo met while working at Andy Warhol's Interview magazine. They played their first show together in January of 1994 at Brownies in New York City with drummer Michael Jongren completing the trio. The following year, they released their first album, the self-titled Bowery Electric, on Cranky Records. In 1996, they released this album, Beat, on Cranky and Beggar's Banquet. Uh, It was a bit of a departure from the first record as the band had been structured around bass guitar and drums on the first record and with the addition of samplers the band started to work with recorded beats as opposed to a live drummer in fact on this album only four of ten tracks feature a live drummer uh, as opposed to first record their third album, Vertigo, came out on Beggar's Banquet in 1997, and their fourth and final album came out on uh, Beggar's Banquet, Lush Life, in 2000. So that is the history of Bowery Electric. If you would like to suggest an album for us to review, visit the request to review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. We did get a little bit of feedback on this record, none from David Gorgos, uh, but we did get some from... Some other folks. Uh, Scott Russell Hallgram uh, says, is that the sound of your fridge running or is that the new Bowery Electric album? I'll be here all week. <laughs> he also said, oh, I've been meaning to suggest a Low album. Well, then go right ahead. Go right ahead. Low is a cool band. Uh, Gavin Reed said, okay, guys, I found this and listened to it. Good luck. We're a long way off the reservation here. Sounds <laughs> Sounds an interesting album to put on very softly to help you get to sleep. I don't mean that as an insult. So Good luck. It's that. a J. Yes. It's like Liam Neeson in Taken. Good luck. Or no, actually, that's the bad guy. That. Not, not, not Liam Neeson. Point is, uh, both Scott and uh, Gavin pointed out, this is an album that's a bit off the beaten path for us. Uh, they use the name of the album in the... Um, cliche that i'm using there uh this is well let's 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 talk about the record jay Hmm. let's just get into it let's get Um, in let's get it roll up our sleeves yeah we'll get some sauce on our fingers (laughs) let me say do you want to do track by track jay or would you like to go uh what i like what i don't like i'm gonna roll the (sighs) dice i feel like if we do what i like what i don't like the episode's gonna be about 10 minutes long (laughs) you really want to go track by track through this so if you actually, you know, 
want to make a full episode out of it, we may need to go track by track. Okay, let's do track by track. Okay. I feel like we, we don't need have like, to the sound of like a, a a metal door like ching ching track by track. <laughs> or or uh some other sound effect in there. So yeah. we're going we're going track by track. That's good because I got notes on every track, Jay, because that's how I do it. I keep notes on every track. Oh, I do too. Yeah. So track one, beat the album title right there. about beat let's talk about what we think of this track um i'm gonna start by saying when this started it fell into a territory that i'm actually fairly comfortable with which is i actually like trip hop uh if you're gonna sort of lump it in with that sound Uh, i'm thinking of like portishead or massive attack those sorts of bands i'm I'm not going to claim that i'm like the biggest trip hop uh historian in the world is that what portishead is yeah portishead would be considered trip i think trip hop Oh, what, okay. what would you consider them? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, they're electronic, but I don't consider them electronic in the same way of like the Chemical Brothers or Fatboy Slim. Like to me, they're so trip hop. Wait, me, what? The, what does it even mean? Like to me, trip hop psychedelic hip hop or yes what? has has a very like psychedelic. Usually, it's pretty slow. Um, usually, it's hypnotic. Uh, a lot of repetitiveness. Uh, I would best describe it as. It's the sound of what I think a drug den sounds like. A drug den. <laughs> okay, like opium? Yeah, like I imagine men with long cigarettes. It's Saigon? Yeah. <laughs> this is the sound of Saigon in 1975, even though okay. trip-hop doesn't exist until the 1990s. That's um, the image in your head? That's the image in my head. All right. Anyway, no, it's it's usually based around um, a very simplistic drum and bass part uh, usually slow to mid tempo and some sort of a you know the keyboard or guitar part that's as simple melody wise as possible Um, Portishead I think diverges from that at times because of the I think they get a little bit more musical than like a lot of trip hop bands uh, do, because I think a lot of trip hop draws influence from like shoegaze, um, My Bloody Valentine being you know the most obvious comparison, and that's where I think beat sort of meets up with a couple different um, elements of that. It's got this I, I would say like a mid hop a mid tempo trip hop beat. It's got the organ and stuff going oh. on and these very minimalistic female vocals over top and it's like i think it's a solid introduction into what this band is all about uh is it i don't i didn't feel like there was a lot of other material on the record that sounded like this um well <laughs> i'm sorry let me go back the the element that changes on the record is the drums the other el- the other elements actually stay the same so 
I think what makes this song different is it's got the uh, clearly sampled um, drum loop, mm-hmm. which it's got all the vinyl cracking and crackling sounds and all that, you know, where it's part of the, the sound. Most of the record, as with this song, has a bass line that's pretty prominent. Um, they never venture beyond probably four notes. I think this one features two. Or the full, uh, mm-hmm. yep, seven seven minutes. <laughs> you get seven minutes of two bass notes. The atmospheric part of every song is changes a little bit in terms of like, uh, like on this one, I couldn't really. You said it was Oregon. I'll I'll, I'll go with that. I couldn't I think really pick out a lot, what it was. Honest, what what's that? I think that this what they what is not drum and bass changes a lot from song to song whether it's a tremoloed delayed guitar or uh, a sampled I'm or a keyboard organ or a, or like a washed out string section yeah or, I mean they use a different instrument but it's still doing the same thing okay like I see what like, you're saying that from that respect. I mean it's always playing like one like I, I think literally the organ is playing one note the whole song mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so, that's, some, that's sometimes they'll play they'll play it on guitar it'll be one note sometimes they'll play it on I don't know what some sort of keyboard for one note but so I mean that's pretty much it there's a there's a vocal melody that minimally comes in mm-hmm. um, again it's probably one or two notes and then it's gone it seems it's like right like towards the middle to the end of the song yeah you don't hear the vocal much more much again it's just that same rhythm so that's pretty much it track two empty words this is where you get more of like the dreamy shimmering guitar of of my bloody valentine again it's the the, with female vocal um much more in a shoegaze than in a, a trip hop sort of realm um, right. i could see this as a you know, a band drawing direct influence from Loveless, and to me, that yes, it's like a two-note again, like a two-note guitar part, sort of shimmering back and forth. But in the way that uh, was it, Gavin or yeah, Gavin said, like it's dreamy to the point where you could probably put this on and fall asleep to it, but it's not necessarily like. I don't I don't think it's boring. Like I still would stay like zoned in, and like even though I know nothing was changing, like I didn't necessarily drift off. What is uh, wrong with your brain? <laughs> you know, in a weird <laughs> like, way, like I couldn't I couldn't stay zoned in when I was doing my notes. Like I'm per- when I'm purposefully listening, trying to like write notes on the song, I was zoning out. So, so the, the one name <clears throat> we haven't brought up yet uh, is Brian Eno, and. Brian Eno sort of hangs over a lot of this for me. Uh, a lot of his experimental, instrumental stuff. Um, I find that oddly fascinating, even though I pretty much hate when anybody else does it. Um, there's something unique about the way that Eno does it. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, and even though I should despise a lot of this sort of really slow, simplistic, uh, droney you know, dreamy stuff. It somehow it like worms its way into me (laughs) and I actually end up like really enjoying it as, you know, background music in a weird way. 
Well, um, I've had it planned the whole show so far, and it hasn't bothered me at all. Right, exactly. Like it hasn't distracted me one bit. I can you just can keep just talking right over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't get in my way. I can ignore it. I can talk so, over it. Well, empty words, what do you think? Uh, you know, it brings the real drums in, um, which is a shift from the first song. That's why I was saying the first song is a bit unique in that it has that really obviously sampled drum uh, right. drum part. This is a real drummer, I, I think. Um, the guitar, I guess that's guitars. They almost sound like they're reversed. So it's a two-note pattern, mm-hmm. but this time it has this like a swell that sounds more like a like a reverse uh, swell. Um, the vocal, there was a little bit more of a melody to it. Um, wasn't quite as droney and distant and buried as as the first song, but um, yeah, I, I th- you know one of my notes is by a minute thirty, you pretty much have heard the whole song. Right, and by a minute thirty, you've pretty much heard every song, in a lot of ways, because there's not like there's choruses and bridges and yeah, you know, I think there's one song where they sort of have more than one part. Yeah, um, but for uh, track three, without stopping. Now this song, again, it has that like sampled drum beat part. The thing I like about this is that it it reminded me of very early Elbow. Um, and this is where mm. I go. It has that like tribal horn i don't know how else to describe it um or or it sounds like a some sort of a animal like uh, making a noise i'm not sure what's what it is oh i know what you're talking about yeah um i'm expecting like some dude with a large ram horn to be uh uh, on a horse off in the distance calling for a a legion of uh soldiers to to come up to fight or something like that yeah, it's um, honestly on this record, it could have been a guitar just like super affected, you know, playing one note. But mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. And I like that because that reminds me of like Elbow would throw in some really weird and strange noises on a lot of on, about like the first two records. I, th- I feel like they've gotten away from that and become more of like a mainstream sort of just orchestral pop band. In the last couple of records and it hasn't been as interesting to me uh this this song in particular reminded me of of the the first one and again you know you figured out the song in the first minute and a half and it just kind of carries you along uh without you know much changing again there's some like very ethereal vocal going on but it's fine it works for me it's uh it is what it is which is not the greatest endorsement of all time, but <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> See, this is why I wanted to go track by track because otherwise we'd just been, yeah, this album is what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's got an obvious drum machine, which there's like a progression here of like intensity in terms of the drums cutting through uh, from track one to three. With this one being the, the most, um, the drone on this song is a synth that gets a little bit, you start to get a little bit of like noise, which is kind of nice. Like there's some variation in the high notes mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the chiming guitars in the organ, which are just so like neutral. I mean, you're never going to get any, um, just no like <sighs> escalation or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there's just never any like further interest beyond like the mid, the mid frequency that it is. That's one of the things that sort of 
I don't know. I would think that like even with, with music like this that you would still want to have like some kind of crescendo or some a break or Whoa, something. Whoa, Jay. That's a lot of tension. <laughs> this is not about tension. This is about massages. Oh, wait. This, the, is, uh, about, this is about laying it at uh, massage envy and, and getting your back rubbed. This is not about we don't want tension in there. So here's a good here's a good point then. So like the, the on this track at about like two thirty, the keep the like the the drone. Wait, what is it? Is it the drone or the bass? Something cuts out. Bass. Bass. The bass cuts out for like ten seconds. Yep. Why? Why? Why bother? Because it's a breakdown. <laughs> That's not a breakdown. It what is, is for do- them. What is that doing? What is what is that doing for me? It's letting the it's letting the drums go to the forefront and take the lead for a moment. And we, like, I don't I, know. I, Maybe they I, hit I, the button on the on the on the mixer <laughs> by accident and they muted the track for ten seconds. See, when you get this like when you get this simple and so like trying to be so minimal minimal, then I start questioning everything. You know, as a designer, I'm like. What then? What was the purpose of you know pulling the bass out at two minutes and thirty seconds? Why not pull the bass out at two minutes? Why why only for ten seconds? Why not pull Maybe it out? Maybe there's a mathematical element to it. Maybe there's some sort of math formula involved. Like when you strip it down that far, then all of a sudden I'm like trying to figure out what the logic is in, in any of this. Why does some songs go on for five minutes and some know, go Jay. on for three? This is supposed to be listened to in an opium den in 1960, <laughs> 1967. Uh, what's the, I'm tra- Ho Chi Minh. I don't know. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Just keep going with that. Um, track four, Under the Sun. <laughs> I don't really like this song. Um, it's not really Good, a song. It's, it's, it's did, a bass was... warm up is what this song is with some delay and, a, yeah. and some static. Somebody left some static. This sounds like, um, you know, when you're a kid and you're messing around and you get a delay pedal and you're like, Ooh, what did this do? You start like farting around with a couple notes, but they made a whole song out of it. Yeah. So it's like, what, two notes with a bass delay on it and it goes on arbitrarily for three and a half minutes. Like, because it's all looped and it's the same pattern, it could have went on for three minutes, it could have went on for three Four minutes. It goes on for three minutes and 33 seconds, Jay. I know. Why? (laughs) Like. I don't know. That questioning, you know. I think you The song in, you know, as a. An expression, I'm questioning why three? Why not four? Why not five? (laughs) Why is it? Why did they ever stop? Yeah. Why isn't it just going on forever? (laughs) I don't know. Let's talk about fear of flying because I think that's actually got some cool stuff going on. tempo for this band it's it's like a frigging punk rock song it's got that shimmery sort of my bloody van get 
my bloody Valentine guitar going on uh, with the delay and uh, it's got a repetitive but distinct bass line that's actually got a little melody in there. It's pretty much the same thing from the start all the way to the end of the five and a half yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, but I like it in terms of what it is. I, I mean, it's no uh, beat, but it's uh, it's pretty strong on its own in terms of actually sounding somewhat like a song. Yeah, I mean, up until this point on the record, it's just sonically, it's what's most interesting to me because it's complete sounding. There's a, you know, there's high end, there's low end, there's mid, there's some layering, there's some texture. Um, there's no vocal on it, right? It's no. Just, it, I guess, would be nice for maybe like an art film, like a driving scene to put under <laughs> somebody driving in the desert. I don't know. Like, I could see it in a movie, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it a song? I, I guess. Speaking it's of music. scenes uh, from movies, uh, track six looped. I made a, when the movie Looper was out. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, did you see that with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, when he's in the scene where uh, in the in the restaurant with Bruce Willis, um, and Bruce Willis punches him in the face. He's got the gun underneath the table, I think, and he like punches him in the face. I think. Um, okay. I wanted him to go. You just got looped. Oh God. Right. It didn't because it was written by an actual screenwriter. Because uh, you know Bruce Willis would have like a cool line in in a Bruce Willis action film. Oh, true. That's what I'm saying. Uh, this has no correlation to this song whatsoever. But there's really nothing to this song. It's just the rise and fall of a single note. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I don't know keyboards. Like bad keyboards always have like a bell sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's using the bell sound on the keyboard and running it through like a ton of effects, and then just keep hitting it. Now, and this is this is the one that I got into. It's, I started analyzing the, uh, you know, if you're gonna have a, a sound loop, why make for it two minutes? Two and a half minutes. Seconds. I was like, how do they determine the length of this shit? Why not three minutes? That's my note. Okay, so for track seven, Blacklight, we actually have more than one part in this song. Mm. Which causes the song to go, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff going on. This song is like overwhelming with all the stuff that's going (laughs) on. It's like dream theater. It is. It's like a rush song. This one I had a hard time trying to figure out if it if it was a guitar or a or a keyboard. Um, I usually I I was able to pick it out in a lot of songs, but this this could be one or the other. At this point, you know, there's very little separating. The songs, uh, in terms of um, if they have drums and bass and either a keyboard or a, or a guitar, um, it's hard to describe them in a way in which we haven't already described things that have happened before in, on this album. Yeah. So I'm like reaching for another well, sort of description other than it sounds like My Bloody Valentine or it sounds like, you know, Brian Eno or Massive Attack or whatever we mentioned earlier. But but isn't there my notes I had that there I thought this was a song where they, there's like a male vocal, but then as I analyzed it more, it almost sounded like it was both of them singing. I thought it was just a guy. I thought I could hear a little high end in it, but you know, it's so atmospheric and affected right. it's who knows. Yeah. But uh 
I, I guess if you, other than that, what you're going to call it, that what I would call it is a little different on this one is that um, I feel like the, the guitar, if that's what it is, it starts to approach tension. There is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no explosions in the sky, but they definitely build some tension right. a little in this song, which is revolutionary for this yep. band. Um, track eight, Inside Out. A little bit longer. Yeah, um, I, I have um, the bass on. It's funny because there's less. I don't think there's any. But no, there's there's less of the you know the drone over top, the high end. So mm-hmm. you're really left with just a bass line and drums and very minimal accents on guitar. And I felt like the bass is almost like he's got four notes to pick from and he's just randomly picking one of the four. Because I was trying to figure out what the pattern was, and it was varying a little bit. So I was like, oh, I wonder if he's just like, because he doesn't have to lock up with a guitar player or she, whoever's playing bass. You know, we're just like, well, screw it. I mean, as long as I keep the rhythm the same and I pick from one of the four notes, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. That was the one thing that I, I noticed about this song that was a little bit different. It's not less, you know, the repetitive two note bass thing. This song kind of sounds like if um, when a band is uh, on stage and, and they've run out of stuff to jam on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just kind of are like waiting for someone to take over on the right. jam. Right. Like, so we step in. The guitar player is clearly switching guitars at this point, mm-hmm. so the rest of the band is just going to kind of fill in. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of holding the this, this steady groove. But um, but it's seven minutes of that. Yes. It's a long guitar change. <laughs> He's got a restring and some alternate tunings He's going on. He's building a guitar over there. Yeah. He's actually fashioning a guitar out of a tree <laughs> trunk. Um, track eight, Coming Down, gets... I mean nine. Sorry, track nine, uh, Coming Down. Gets you get a little bit more tempo to this song, probably up into the forty or fifty range. Whew, it's flying. It is. It's. I mean, it goes by in almost four and a half minutes. So, you know, they're they're cooking. And this this is one that also does feature a little bit of a build. Uh, towards the end, there's a part at like three ten, where the 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 band actually like sort of picks up in terms of intensity. He switches. Um, some the it's obviously live drums because there's actually like some fills, yeah, going on. Well, he kind of like I don't know if he does a real fill, but he he does shift the rhythm like 
the, the accents. He like shifts mm-hmm. to the opposite accent, which I'm like, oh, this is going somewhere. And then the song pretty much trails off and ends that way. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. There was, there was an opportunity to do something, but they decided not to go that way with it. Um, and then we get to Postscript, Woo! which is 16 minutes and 43 seconds of basically an organ playing a note. Sounds like a Hammond, maybe. Yeah. And then you slowly get like this arpeggio. Um, reminded me of the Tron uh, soundtrack. I don't know if anybody listened to the Tron soundtrack. The, yeah. the, the new one, not the old one. Uh, really subtle. And then there's like some noise at the end. That's about it. 16 minutes of that. So excellent, excellent soundtrack music for Tron Legacy. But not necessarily. Well, it would be in like the um, be in some sort of scene where uh, I imagine uh, the character has been sedated. Right. And they're in, and they're in some sort of a dream world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, you hit it. This this whole record is like being sedated. Yes, it, it's you, uh, the. I guess the point of it is to be numb, to not feel anything, right? Yeah. So, and then we wrap up with low density, which uh, Scott uh, Russell Helgram made the comment about uh, a fridge running. That el- that song is not on the uh, Spotify version. It's a bonus track, Jay. It ends at ten. Oh. No, I don't I don't have that song. Oh. Um Tell me about it. It sounds like a fridge running. Oh. Well, jeez. Glad I Sorry with some I very that. distant trip hop drums in the background. And that's it. Hmm. So that is uh that is our track by track of Beat by Bauer Electric. Now you would think from our tone that I was not going to give it a worthy album. You'd be right. Uh, but I, I actually think that there's an EP worth of like, you know, some trip hopish, ambient, very mellow, uh, opium smoking music that's on here that I can appreciate. And I would probably go with tracks uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, five, and seven. Make a little EP, put that on when I want to chill out, and I'd be good with that. Jay, what songs are going to make it into your heavy rotation? <laughs> See what you did there. Man, I, uh, I, I obviously don't get get this, so I can't even I can't even qualify what whether any of it's any good or not. Uh, it's so far from what I look for in music. I mean, just from the the simple fact, if you break it down, I mean, if the point of this is to not feel anything, that's exactly the opposite of what I look for in music. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, even if it's over the top, I'd rather have something that at least, you know. Well, I don't think it's... it's, In the most cornball way will make me feel something, whether it's hate or whatever, joy or whatever, but this is just completely... You're just completely numb. I don't know. At least I was. And as I listen to it and break it down, that's my take on what what the point of it is, which in terms of an artistic pursuit is fine. It's just not one that... I'm not interested in, you know, uh, listening to. So you're not even giving this a single. We are breaking uh, new ground here, Jay. On the rating scale, where the album better EPDs <laughs> and single, 
You can't even come up with a single for this. Um, I could pick like Black Light or something, you know. Maybe, yeah, probably that. And and you know, it, 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 it wasn't like like we've listened to some records where, you know, there'll be songs where like I can't make it through. Them, you know what I mean? It's tough to when they come on. I just I I'm itching to push next. Right. I didn't feel that way. I just didn't feel anything at all. It was just like eh, whatever, you know. It was on and. I paid no attention to it until, you know, I absolutely had to. So, and even then it was difficult to pay attention to it. <laughs> like I found myself like browsing the web. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be grading comments on this song. This is good browsing the web music. <laughs> yeah. Because it's on, but you're not going to get distracted. It's good music to listen to when you're doing a podcast or. You can actually do the podcast while you yeah. listen to it. Well, there you go, folks. And we want to thank. Uh, David Gorgos for bringing this to us because um, it gave me a chance to uh, talk about uh, my secret appreciation of uh, trip hop. So, oh boy, thanks go. for that. Yeah, and uh, my script revision to Looper as well. So, uh, if you have an album you'd like us to review, visit the request to review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. And of course, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback at iTunes. Jay, we're going to be back next week with another request to review. And I think, Jay, that mm. one might break the 70 BPM mark. I'm not sure. Wake me up. Yeah. I think it's going to go in the complete opposite direction. All right. So I think it might be so Good. fast that you're like, slow it down. <laughs> You're so loud and crazy. Uh, I think the two will balance each other out. There you go. That's what we're about here. Balance. Being a balance of the force. Please don't sue me, George Lucas, for saying that. Uh, that's it. We uh, got another one in the books. And for Jay, I'm Tim. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. This week on Tig Me... <laughs> Good. This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay Review, Bent by Bowery Electric. <laughs>